a new variant of COVID. And, and I've kind of come to this place that I've said to myself, okay, we're not through it. We're not going to be through it for a while. We're going to be kind of like we are. And, and I love the fact that we have many of our people watching online, but I just want to say to you that we're incomplete without you here. And we understand, but we can't wait till we're all back together again because it just doesn't feel right yet, does it? Apart from COVID, the world is weary, okay? So you know what I did this week? Not making this up. I'm not exaggerating. I attended four funerals just this week, four different funerals. I also found myself standing over the bed of a little saint, and I bowed down, and I put myself as close to her ear as I could, and I prayed loudly so she could hear me. And I prayed about her going to see Jesus because just a few hours after that, she passed away. And also this week, I met with a guy who is probably in the greatest crisis he and his family will ever face. And they're just trying to get through it. And also this week, I was in the hospital with a man who is so desperate for God's touch on his body to bring healing. My friend Carter Marsh, you can pray with me for Carter Marsh, needs God's touch today desperately we're just weary life can be pretty challenging and so here's what i want to talk to you about today okay what is god's plan what is god's desire what does god long for for you and me when we are in the current situation that we're in when life is less than ideal when we feel like we're facing so many challenges. What is God's longing, God's plan, God's desire? And so in a moment, I'm going to open God's Word with you, and I'm going to show you that God has already thought about this. He's not caught off guard. Here's what God longs for. God longs for every person in the world today. So we're not the only nation working through COVID, okay? Every person in the world today, God longs for every person. Now, this means you. And so why I want you to think in terms of the whole world, I want you to realize that you're one of the people in the whole world. So God longs for you to be filled with hope. God longs for you to be filled with peace. I like this. We're, we're moving in a good direction. God longs for you to be filled with joy. I mean that. God, God wants your default spirit to be joyful. God longs to you to, for you to be filled with love for Him and love for everybody else. God just envisions your life looking like this. You just love Him. You love all these people around you. You're filled with such hope, and you have such peace in your heart, and you're just so joyful. That's the life that God envisions for you. And I'm going to show you in a moment in God's Word what that looks like. So if you're wondering what is Advent all about, that's what Advent is all about, okay? It's about hope. It's about peace, it's about joy, and it's about love. So, I don't know. Somebody might have said, Rick, you had me at hope. You could have stopped there. Because today I don't feel any hope. Or somebody might have said, Rick, if I just had a little peace of mind. Or if somebody might be saying, Rick, I don't have any joy in my life. I don't smile much these days. Or I really need God to fill my heart with love for some of these crazy people around me. You know, that's what Advent is. So, here's the question 
that I want you to deal with and struggle with. Are you willing to do that with me? Aren't you guys glad you sat down front? I mean, this is the day to sit down front. Here's what I want you to struggle with, okay? Are we more focused on the gifts he brings? And it's a legitimate struggle because we can be pretty commercialized. It can be all about, you know, this stuff. And I'm not against this stuff. I think it's a great way to express love to the people that I love when I buy them gifts. And I love it when they give me gifts, okay? So I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But are we more focused on the gifts He brings or are we more focused on the gifts that He brings? Because the gifts that He wants to give you today, and I believe that God's going to do something in somebody's heart today, is fill you with hope and peace and joy and love. Just in this conversation, did you know that in 1939... President Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, actually moved Thanksgiving up one week in order to create an extra week for shopping to boost the economy in the United States of America. Did you know that? True story. Verified it myself on the internet machine. I'm not making this up. He did. He moved Thanksgiving up one week so that we could have an extra week of shopping in order to boost the economy, and it's been there ever since. I'm, I'm not. I'm not harping on it. If you're in. If you're in. You know. If you're selling stuff this year, I mean, I want your sales to go well. I'm just saying that somehow keeping the season sacred is really, really, really important. And focusing on the gifts that God wants to give you this season is where I want you to live over these next few weeks. So let me take you to God's word. You ready? You're going to love the scripture today. I promise you. Here we go. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Accept one another. I bet you didn't come expecting that on a Sunday in Advent, did you? Then, just as Christ accepted you. You got that? Did Christ accept you? Did he open his arms to you? Yep. Okay. So you accept one another just like Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now, I'm going to walk away for a minute because I don't know that those words have the impact they could have until after you've heard the context. So I don't know how much you remember about the church in Rome, but the church in Rome was made up of both Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, okay? So you got people who were raised Jewish. They understood all the Jewish customs and traditions. And then you had this other group of people who were Gentiles. They didn't know anything about Jewish customs and traditions. They're very different from each other, right? You ever get around somebody who's Jewish today and talk to them? When I do, I'm like, wow, they were just like raised in this whole other way of thinking than how I was raised. I'm a Gentile, not a Jew. And so you had a church, and it had Gentiles, and it had Jews in the same congregation. Somewhere between 40 and 50 A.D., the Roman emperor, Claudius, he said, if you're a Jew, you have to leave Rome today. You're out of here. We don't want any Jews in Rome. All the Jews must leave now. Kind of the story of the Jewish people. And so they left. They don't want to leave. They didn't have a choice. They leave their home. They leave their church. They got to go. They're now refugees. Five years later, you know what Claudia says? Oh, just come back. It's okay. I've changed my mind. You can come back. And so they did. They all came back. And those Christians in this church in Rome, Jewish people came back to find a church led and dominated by Gentiles. Well, how do you think that worked out? It was challenging. It was hard. 
And Paul says, somehow we've got to be together here. Because you understand that, that God blessed Israel not just so Israel could be great. God blessed Israel so through Israel the whole world, even the Gentiles, would come to know the saving grace of God. And the goal from the very beginning was that we would all be united into one single family of faith and salvation. And so the really good news is that the gospel is not just for the Jewish people, but it's for all of us Gentiles as well, right? So let me read it again and see if it changes your mind at all. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Does that change things for you? See the division? No, you guys can't be divided. you got to be together. Just like Christ accepted you. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth. So that the promise made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. And moreover that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, and he quotes Moses, and he quotes the psalmist, and he quotes Isaiah, I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing the praise of your name. Again, it says, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. Uh, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the people extol him. And again, his, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations, and him the Gentiles will hope. Okay. Now, I love this last verse. It's a prayer. I wish you would memorize it. And I wish you would keep it in your heart all through Advent. Okay? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. Do you know what this means? This is like pouring syrup on a pancake. Just overflow with hope. Okay? By the power of the Holy Spirit, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Love one another. Let God fill you with peace and joy so that you can be filled with hope. That's the story of Advent. Now, I don't know how many of you over the years have thought a lot about an Advent wreath. So I'm just going to say up front, there's no mention of an Advent wreath in the Bible anywhere, okay? This is a tradition that was started uh, a couple of hundred years ago to kind of help people move toward Christmas. In fact, the first Advent wreath did not look like this. It looked more like this. So here's what happened. There was a pastor, a Protestant pastor in Hamburg, Germany, who worked with children who were very poor in the inner city of Hamburg, and, and every year at Christmas, they would start saying, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet? How long is it until Christmas? So, got a lot of kids in the room today. You're already counting the days till Christmas, right? I'm counting the days until Christmas too. And so, finally, he decided that he would create this wreath. He actually used the wheel of a cart. I don't know if it looked quite this beautiful with the, with the greenery or not, but he took the cart of wheel and he put 20 candles, red, and four candles that were white. And every day of the week he would light a candle, and then on Sunday he would light a white candle. And as the, as the wreath became more and more lit and brighter and brighter, children understood that we're getting closer and closer to Christmas. So when there were only three candles left, they knew we were only three days away from Christmas. Now, this was a great idea. Over the years, 
By the time we get to 1920, it makes its way to the United States of America. When it gets to the United States of America, Catholics also begin to use an Advent wreath, and it began to look more like this. The purple to them represented penance, the pink one represented hope, and the white one represented Christ. And so last Sunday we lit hope, and today we will light the candle at the end of the sermon that represents peace. So when Paul says, I want you to be filled with peace, I want God to fill you with peace, what is he talking about? Let me give you some definitions. The Greek word that Paul uses is arene. You can say it after me. Arene. Okay? It's kind of this state of harmony. So if you and I are not dealing with each other in a negative way, we feel peace. We're in harmony with each other. It's in a rest. It's like well-being. I think we can can t- think about it in terms of like uh, this outward thing in my life with other people. I'm, ha- I'm at peace with you or, or I have this inner peace within my soul like Paul is talking about, that God would fill your soul, your spirit with peace. I think it helps us when we look at the Old Testament. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And it means like whole or complete. So the opposite of being whole would be to say, man, my life is coming apart. It feels like I'm just, I'm just falling to pieces. So that would be the absence of peace, right? But, but if you're whole and complete, I'm, I'm, I've got it together in a sense. That, that's the idea behind wholeness or completeness. There's, there's balance in all these areas of my life. And so he says to them, I want God to do something for you. This is the story of the gospel. This is, this, is, this is the story of Advent. The whole gospel is about all people coming to this place of being filled with hope and being filled with peace and joy and love. I think that we all chase peace And the peace that we chase is dependent on if and when. I think that's the temptation that we face. If I can get well, then I think I'll be okay. If if I can get through this crisis, then, then I think... I think I'll finally be at peace. When I get this relationship fixed that's broken right now, and it's bad, when I get this relationship fixed, then I think I can feel settled again. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's all based on, on, on if, 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 I can, if, I can get, if I can get out of debt, or if I can get to a better financial place in my life, I think I won't feel so uncertain and so unsure and so unsettled. I think if I can just, when that happens, in other words, when the world kind of falls into place for me, I think I can be 
settled again and at peace. But if that doesn't happen, then, then I don't think I'm going to feel settled or sure until, until it does. See, here's, here's the struggle with chasing, you know, that kind of peace. It doesn't happen very often in our lives, and when it does happen, it doesn't last very long. So if I finally do get through this sickness that I'm going through, then when I get beyond that, there's a, a relationship that, that kind of tends to fall apart over here, and I have to focus on that relationship. And if I do finally get that relationship patched up and we get okay, then I've got this challenge over here that I'm having to work through at work. And if I get this thing that I'm working through over here at work, if I finally get it kind of turned to the side and I'm okay now and I kind of feel like I've got that settled and that's no longer a major issue, then I've got something I'm dealing with over here with a friend that I love a lot who's going through a really hard time and now I'm kind of carrying the burden of what my friend is going through and it's really hard. And so it seems like that if I ever get to a place that, you know, if we just get this settled and when I get all of this stuff kind of, then it just doesn't last very long because life is always challenging. Anybody agree? Yeah. And so Paul talks about God giving you peace. And, and he talks about in the book of Philippians chapter, um, chapter 4 verse 7. He says, and the peace of God, listen at this, which transcends all understanding. It, 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 it would not be incorrect to say and this peace that God gives you that really doesn't make sense, <laughs> that you really can't fully comprehend, and the peace of God which is beyond our understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's this idea that Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 15 that, that the peace I'm talking about is the peace that God gives you. Listen to the language. He says, and may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. So we're not talking about a peace that is dependent on the ifs and the whens in our lives. It's a peace that really is beyond our understanding, but it's something that God gives you. And therefore, it's not something that you have to work out or get through a certain season to have. It's just something that God gives you, and it's there. And you can live with it. Literally every day of your life. And so when I think about Advent, Jesus coming, Jesus comes so that you can have those things. Hope and joy and peace and love. So this week in a conversation with a lady who's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, sitting in my office. Which is kind of a common scene that's repeated way too often. This is Pastor Rick. I just heard about your diagnosis. You want to get together? Sure. You want to stop by my office one day? Yeah. And so we sit down and we talk through it. And she says to me, about a half hour into the conversation, I don't have words to tell you how much peace 
I have in my heart right now, even though I'm going through this process. See, that's, that's what Paul is talking about. She didn't say, I'm going to have peace again, Pastor Rick, after I whip cancer. Very different, right? If I make it through this, then I'll tell you, I'm going to feel settled again. Mm-mm. Was not her story. Her story was, even though I'm in the middle of it, the peace that God has given me, I don't even have words to describe. A week ago Sunday, I left here after preaching, and uh, my wife Annette and I, we jumped in the car, and we headed to be with family for Thanksgiving. And so we got to see my daughter Brittany, her husband Tim, their little girl Sadie, our granddaughter, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday night, we drove to Nashville to be with Annette's mom and her family, and then Friday with my family. It was great. But Wednesday night, as soon as I got to Nashville, my phone rings. It's my very close friend, Jeffrey. I talk about Jeffrey and Julie all the time. They're, they're the closest friends Annette and I could ever imagine having. I can tell by his voice something's not good. And he says to me, my mom just died. Janelle Johnson, Talmadge and Janelle. She was, there was nothing. No signs, no concerns. Just ate dinner, went in the living room, sat down, kind of slumped to the left, And in that moment, she was in the arms of Jesus. Her life here had ended that quickly. My mother-in-law, who was 89, said to me that night, that's the way I want to go. I understood that. So on Monday, there's a funeral. And I got to be a part of that funeral. We celebrated her life. We sung songs of worship and praise to God. And I don't know if I have words to tell you what peace we all felt in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the shock, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of the hurt. This incredible, incredible sense of peace and love, just tears that were joyful, Uh, God's presence real. And so here's what I think about what we're doing over these few weeks together, and that is simply this, that when it's all said and done and we move beyond the season of Advent, I think what it reminds us is this, that Advent is when Jesus comes to us in the middle of our chaos. I I believe that's the Advent story. And when it's all said and done, we kind of look back and we say, yeah, I think that's what Advent is. It's Jesus coming to us in the midst of our chaos. And it's being in His presence. Why is that so important? Isaiah, the prophet said, unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting. Say it with me. Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of His government and 
peace. There just won't be any end. There is not a short supply of peace that God wants to give you. That's Advent. That's why Jesus came. So the question is, where do you turn? You have an experience in your life and you feel unsettled. You feel uncertain. You feel unsure. Those feelings are real. You feel anxious. Where do you turn? Going to friends is good. But going to Jesus is where peace rests. I can't tell you how many times I've just, I was in a hospital not too long ago, and I just found myself trying to get back to an elevator, and I'm looking everywhere I can look. I'm just, I'm ducking into wait, and I finally find there's nobody in this room, and I just get on my knees because I needed to be in the presence of Jesus. I felt unsettled. I felt uncertain. And I just needed to be with Jesus because I know when I find myself in the presence of Jesus, I find peace. I, I, I wish I had some way to say to you, you know, be with Jesus. I'm reading a book right now called With. Just spend time with Jesus. You know what we're going to do as we begin the church year, I mean begin the year of 2022, we're being asked, women are saying, let's read it through in 2022, let's read the Bible. We're also going to begin the year, start on day one, asking you to focus again and anew in your prayer life, 21 days of prayer. Did you know that 21 days is long enough to form a long-lasting habit? And so for the first 21 days of 2022, we're going to, let's just be with Him. Let's just spend time in His presence. Let's just say, no longer am I going to let a busy schedule dictate the way I spend my time. No longer am I going to make other things more important than praying. What I'm going to do in 2022 is I'm going to find myself with Jesus every day, talking to Him, just with Him. And so... This morning, we get to light yet another candle, a candle that represents peace. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.